0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hello and welcome to the The Makers Podcast. The one-stop shop for courage, confidence, and mindset building. Also bringing you all the aspects of mental health awareness, business, and entrepreneurship. We are your hosts. Adam Ellis. And Jason Borman of the Raw Makers Coaching. And today, guys, we've got a very powerful guest, um, extremely um, extremely calm and nice person that we've met on our journey of becoming coaches. Um, She's now recently launched a coaching business herself. She's an NRP master. Uh, she's a mixed martial artist, a cage fighter. Um, she specialises in trauma-induced anxiety and works with CPTSD and Trauma Survivors. I'm um, yeah, excited to get her out. But without further ado, here's Karina. Hey everyone, um, thanks Jason for the intro. Hi Adam, how are we all
0: doing? Good. Oh, good thank you for joining us this evening uh, You're very welcome. it's a pleasure to be here actually i've watched your other stuff and if anyone's not watched it they need to jump on and watch it start following you guys subscribe make it happen <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, um, yeah.
1: That's Cool. Um, there's a lot of value to be had if people do that as
0: well. uh, absolutely absolutely so can, can you tell I'm bit an bit empowerment bit life coach from that? In, from the way I came on, is it obvious? Yes. <laughs> so- sounds good thank you jason so so yeah so what I'm gonna do is just take take your audience on a little bit of journey a little bit of a journey so um, they understand my story a little bit and which which helped me to derive to where i am now as an empowerment life coach that specializes in trauma-induced anxiety and i'll just touch down on what exactly is that um but the story will make that that caption make sense as well at the same time so let me take you back to a little karina who was born, like, in the 70s, rock and roll, or towards the end of his life. And so by the age of three days old, um, I was put into a children's home by the age of three days old, okay? Um, And the reason why I was put into the children's home was for my safety, um, because there was physical abuse that was happening, um, and they were becoming very concerned about my health, just concerned about me. Around that time, because I was three days old, i've got a brother who will come later in the story but he's two years younger than me okay so born and bred in hackney east london any of you guys know it if you're not part of the uk it was in those days a proper rough area in the uk most people didn't really have a lot of money and now it's very different it's a different vibe different lifestyle there now um so what happened was my parents um did not quite get on you know i was born quite quickly from when they got together. So um, they didn't actually, probably didn't understand how to look after a child. That's what I kind of started to install in myself and that's what it came down on to. My biological mum had uh, um, like, it wasn't uncovered properly, but she had mental illness, okay? But it, it wasn't really, it hadn't shown up properly. Um, so I was in and out of care because of that reason, because of the physical abuse, um, day 13, I was taken back into the children's home with bruising on my face. I obviously had been beaten up. I don't know how you can beat a child of that. And that obviously, you know, reading that after um, when I got my report and stuff, it, it actually affected me. But let's move forward from that. So I was basically, by the age of three, I was put into a children's home properly, like for a proper duration. So my brother had just been born. Um, but sadly, the authorities did not do what they said they'd do, and my innocence was taken. Okay, I'll, I'll phrase it like that to keep it the, the level calm. Okay, um, and that really affected me as a young, as a, a child. You know, that's still growing. That's only three years old. I had no one to talk to. There was no one there that I could actually speak to, and I had no voice. That's quite important. than no voice thing. Okay. Um, Mental illness got worse on my biological mum's side. Um, Again, it was still not really uncovered properly, and a lot of the signs were missed. By the age of six, I was then around six years old, I was adopted. Um, So my brother and I were adopted um, (laughs) into a family, um, and um, the cultures, a Guyanese, West Indian kind of, they say West Indian, actually South American, but that's how they class themselves, um, household. So really strong accent. Didn't have a clue what our, our mum and dad were saying, um, but I, I I couldn't believe it. but I actually had a mum. I couldn't believe that something like that could happen to me, and I was finally going to have the life that I deserved. Like as a kid, you watch Disney stuff. You know, you watch cartoons, like even Tom and Jerry and stuff like. You just think, yeah, this you know, life's fun. There's there's great stuff that's going to happen. Um, but that was about to go terribly wrong. Um, so. I was still being allowed to see my biological mum. My brother wasn't that bothered because he was younger. He wasn't bothered. But when you're a little girl, you kind of want to see your bu- your mum, even though you've got another mum. And at the time, she'd given birth to a, another child, which was my other little brother. Um, and this, his name's Yusuf. Um, and I was I was allowed to go and see him. I'm not sure why they allowed me. I'm not sure why they didn't, you know, keep an eye on what was going on with her and the new partner she had and so forth. Sadly, um, her mental illness went out of control and she took my brother's life. Um, he was nine months old at the time. Um, and yeah, the shock of that, like literally, it, it, at that time, I was like seven years old, it completely broke my heart and I'm seven. Um, but at that time, I also realized that I did have a mum and I didn't quite understand that this brother was not going to come back. So I lived in a state where I thought he was alive. And I made that a reality. Okay, so I'm, Because I made it a reality, although I missed him, it felt like he was with me. But it meant I wasn't living in the real world. So as I trans- transitioned and got, got older, it felt like he was still there. I created something that wasn't real. But what happened was that actually ended up protecting me. By the age of 11, I was um, in a lot of pain, tummy pain, I started becoming very unwell. Um, and I was diagnosed with ulcerated colitis. Um, and by the age of 14, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Okay, so I do have Crohn's disease. So Crohn's disease is, is um, you know, one of the key things that causes it. it's inflammatory bowel disease, okay? So inflammation is caused in the body when there's stress in the body, whatever type of stress it could be trauma, as in physical trauma, mental trauma. Like I had that when I was uh, 14. So I'm gonna move forward a little bit now. So by the age of uh, 23, I had my bowel removed. And I, I remember like being in the hospital post-operation in very, 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 very unwell. <laughs> Um, and just thinking to myself, looking down, obviously you've got loads of padding, from the, the dresses and stuff, I'm thinking, I was so sad and I was thinking to myself, how the hell am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And I remember that just going through my head and I, it took me like a year to look in the mirror. I couldn't even look at myself. And I remember looking in the mirror for the first time and feeling completely heartbroken. And I just I just was so I become <clears throat> I became very depressed. Um so that depression was something that was gonna continue for a very long time, but I hid it very well. Okay, so even though that was the case, even though that was a shit that was happening, sorry about language at the time, um I had this fire, this thing inside me where I was determined to be someone, okay pinnacle person in my story was my mum because I was at the table one one time at the kitchen table and I wasn't before I wasn't able to get down the stairs but she would always come and get me but she said to me I'm not gonna get you for breakfast you need to come down yourself I was so angry I'm thinking what the hell like she knows I've just had an operation she knows like the life I've been through. all that stuff came to me I was like why is she doing this to me that's the stuff but I was very respectful to my mum Anyway, I tried to make it to the stairs and then she came and helped me down and got to the table, I burst into tears and I was un- I couldn't stop crying. And she came to- kind of came to my level and said, on my hand, looking straight in my eyes, and she was like, girl, I'll do the accent. She's like, girl, you can be like this, okay? Your mother was like this, like as in my biological mother was like that, as in depression, but you don't want to be like that woman, okay? So- Referring to a woman is like normal in the culture. Um, it's like you can stay like this, or you can make a choice to to change, to do something. I didn't. I didn't become your mother for can't do the accent when I talk about it. I, can't, I didn't become your mother for you not to be someone. I became your mother so that you can have a chance in life and you can have a life. So you make that decision. We both cried, and that was a day I made a decision. I was gonna be a personal trainer <laughs> of all things. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's when like, that was the fire that kept inside me. So, done personal training, really got, you know, that was the, that was my passion. Thing. But then I realized I had like a nap for coaching. I, I was thinking, actually, I could do more than this. Move to Brighton, um, this was 2012, Moved to Brighton, um, from London to Brighton. Brighton UK is on the coastline, if you don't know the UK. Um, it's at the bottom of the England. And this job opportunity came up to work with a Fortune 500 company. And I was thinking, that's never going to happen to me. But I went for it anyway, very nervous, went for it. And I just thought to myself, I can do this. I've got the job. Okay. And then I started to move up, and my coaching started getting recognized. And I started be- becoming the voiceover for the adverts and stuff like that. And I was doing, I was like thinking, bloody hell, the money was coming. I was like, I can't believe this. Bought a house and stuff. I was like, this is unbelievable, but I had really severe depression and anxiety, and what was happening, although things were going great for me, I was having an issue with speaking, which you can notice, I don't have that now, okay? Sometimes it comes up, if you hear me cough, that's the speech thing that comes up, and I thought to myself, even though I was successful, and even though I said all the stuff I just said to you guys, inside, I still felt like I wasn't doing enough, and I wasn't making it. I still didn't feel like I'd made it, and it didn't make sense to me. And it was very frustrating. And as soon as I'd finished work, I'd go home and I'd just be in my bed, completely depressed. Memories going through my head, flashbacks. This is a lifetime of this that I, I struggled with, and constant state of anxiety. Where I'd say no, I don't want to. I, I said no to a lot of friends, like going out, meeting up. Or work dues and stuff like that. Or if I did go, I had to make sure I was really drunk or just to get through the door, but then I couldn't speak even more because I was intoxicated. So it was like, it just, nothing was working. There was a, a key leader that worked with me and he recognized what was happening. And he really took his time with me and he was to be one of the biggest influences for me in my coaching career. because so I realized actually, you don't need to make a scene about someone's hindrance but what you can do is support them in a way that actually allows them to feel the courage and the confidence and lets them lets them step into what they need to into their own life in a way that they need to do it okay so that seems like it resonates with you jason um so Um, go ahead go yeah 100 um, percent. um
1: there's elements of that that were like very very powerful um uh, I just want to commend you for sharing
0: that and being so open and honest. Um, Thank you. Um, what a brave lady you are. Thank you. That, that means a lot. It's, um, it actually does mean a lot. And my story, my life is not easy to talk about. Okay, It's not easy to talk about because it's very real. Doesn't, it sounds like how they're helping someone go through all of that. But it's actually true and it's actually real that's what makes it hard and that's why i knew that actually when i was made redundant this is where the coaching journey came in but in a different way i was already coaching in in, with leadership and so forth but it was in a different way i was made redundant september last year okay We're, we're january this year and i couldn't have been in a worse state than i was okay and I got meningitis. Basically, I got I sold my house, which meant I had to disconnect from that person I was with at the time. I got meningitis, and then I bloody lost my job. And I was thinking, I'm I'm, I'm screwed. Like, and then my other half, who I'm with, and my brother was like, "What do you really want to do?" And I was like, "I just I just want to coach. That was my passion." And they were like, "Why don't you just do it?" So I did. A year before that, I'd started a journey, a trauma, a trauma journey to release the trauma from me. And I was doing EMDR, um, which is a very specific type of therapy treatment that really releases the trauma in a way that it helps change the brain. And when I was doing that, combined with what I'd already studied, like REBT, like rational motive uh, therapy, for example, emotional intelligence, NLP, these are some of the stuff that I studied. Um, PTSD counselling, but I wanted to be a, a you know, a, a coach, not a counsellor or a therapist, the journey was making more sense. And that picture was becoming clear of what I need to do and what I need to do to help support other people in a way that changes their mind or their mindset in a way that enables them to feel empowered and have the courage and the confidence to stand up and be who they are, but also to have a voice to be heard in whatever way that means. That could just mean talking on the phone to a parent and actually saying, actually, I don't really like what you said that, that made me feel really uncomfortable. The story I'm telling myself is this, and I don't know if that's what you meant by it. Do you understand? It's little things like that, or going into an interview and being able to calm their nervous system so they can deliver and get that bloody job that they want to get because they deserve it. They deserve to be there. They deserve to be in that position. It was little things like that. And um, so when I went on the coaching journey, which is where I met you guys, I thought to myself, okay, the reason why I went on that coaching journey was for a particular qualification that could bring all my stuff together and give me more credibility. That's why I've done it. But then I thought, actually, there's no point studying and not having an outcome. I might as well be able, I might as well launch a business. And that's why I've done another course to enable myself to launch a business, which I then done successfully. So that's where creative account and empowerment life coaching came from. And that's the story that brought me. To where I am now, and having the pleasure to speak to you guys on your YouTube channel. Uh,
1: that's amazing. Like, you're the type of person we want to get to interview because, you know, to kind of hear that very powerful story and to bring that to our viewers and listeners and anyone that could take any ounce of like um, power from that. Um, yeah, we want to just put people in front of an audience and just let them shine, basically. That's all. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Thank you, thanks, Tristan.
1: Um, yeah, uh, part <laughs> of your story is very moving, like you know, you've been through a lot,
0: um, um, yeah. I've probably thrown you with what to say next, haven't
1: I? <laughs> I'm just so glad that you're here, yeah. that you're doing coaching, and that you're helping other people with like this very much needed kind of work, basically.
0: You know? Yeah, no, definitely. So, so shall I tell you what it is I do? Yeah. Yeah. Shall I explain? So let me explain. Uh, so what does it mean to to remove trauma-induced anxiety for good? So if I if I put this image in, in your heads okay so you have a huge puzzle okay and you know the, the picture of the puzzle is supposed to look how it shows you on the box but all the pieces are upside down that's what's happening in the brain when you've got the anxiety okay that's that's what's happening in the brain when you have anxiety and it's trauma-induced what do I mean by trauma-induced that means someone can say something to you and it's not a big deal whatsoever like, for example, oh my God, that so doesn't match if you're wearing clothes, whatever. Well but that thing attaches to something else that connects to something else that made you feel shit when you were younger, okay? Sorry about language. Um, so it made you feel like that when you was younger. Now, the person in front of you is not gonna know that that's the thing. You suddenly go into yourself and you suddenly start feeling like, actually, you don't wanna go out anymore. Like, you don't have enough clothes. Then you look at your hair and you start finding stuff that matches that theory, okay? And I know you guys touch on mindset, and this is where the mindset thing comes on, although sometimes i call it something else, okay? But let's go back to that picture of that puzzle that all those scrambled pieces, okay? Some pieces are the right way up and some pieces are the wrong way wrong way down, right? Or right, right way down, whatever. Um, and you're looking at it and you're thinking, okay, there's some bits you know that goes there and you start doing the edges. A lot of people start doing the edges or bits that you can see, right? So that's a normal way how the brain should work, okay? So the, the, the pathways, so we think of the pathways and the bits of the puzzle that sticks together. That's a normal thing, okay? I'll take it back. So you're a child, you're crying, and the parent comes and soothes that cry for you, okay? You can't speak because you're a child. If you're an adult and you're in pain, you will cry. You'll be like, damn, that really hurts. So you're playing football, you got kicked in the shin. That really hurt. But you can't do that as a, as a baby. So the parents are pinnacle to the growth of the child. When I say parents, it could be guardian in in any state or form, it could be a grandparent, sometimes different families of different selves. Now, if you've got a child that's crying and they're not getting attention, or if they're crying and something's taken away, so they're meant to be fed, but they're not fed, that food's taken away, and the adult becomes the trauma for that child, okay? Trauma is not this, is from Gabriel Marte, like he's a famous. Host. It trauma is not what happened to you, it's what's happened inside you because of what happened to you, okay? A scar, yeah, exactly. So, the same job
1: on, I'll, I'll, kind of being, the same job being, and it's like there until it's um, and it's like constantly highlighting itself
0: after you, right? Or, exactly. It
1: can be triggered. Um,
0: Yeah. Um... Exactly. Exactly. So, and that's what happened to me as a child, right? There was not, I didn't have that sleeping thing. So, what happens to a child? I'm going to go back to the puzzle in a minute. That child adapts, okay? They start going silent. But because they go silent, it means that they're not getting the things that the basic needs that they need as a child. That child starts growing up and they go into a children's home, okay? And then that authority damages that child in some way either doesn't feed them properly abuse happens we hear it happening all the time it makes me very angry when i still hear it to this day all types of abuse happen and they're silenced again they don't say anything okay so if you think of that what's the what's the likely outcome of that individual even at that without being adopted it's very likely they're probably going to have a life of addiction, they're probably going to have a life that's not the story that I'm telling and so many other people have managed to tell, thank God, but then they're adopted and then this thing happens again, it's another trauma, but because they're adopted, they're in a family, they can't show that they're not grateful, so they don't get to talk about the loss it stays with them this is happening to children of war this is happening all over the world different for different reasons we've got to open up our scope and when we look at trauma it's more than just one thing okay so we go back so that's an example of the traumatic brain okay we go back to the puzzle so what's happening is you've got those pieces you know they fit in some bits are done and if you scramble those pieces up that you put together you'll always be able to put those things back together the bits you started with When I'm doing the coaching with my clients, what I do is I ensure that I create a different pathway where they can start completing the puzzle and the bits in front of them make sense, okay? So we cancel out the original pathway, I, I change that pathway and I'll create a different pathway. This is in the brain, okay? And it's installed in the brain in a way with different techniques, but, When they think about and the picture becomes clearer, but what happens, there's no emotion attached to it. So they have, they finish the picture, which is the journey at the end of the journey. And for example, if someone brought up my brother and he's there, it's like I I don't have that thing I had before where I'd just be shut down and I'd just like go into my room, literally, I'd go under the covers, put the covers over my head and pretend it's a 10. But I used to do that when I was a kid. I do that when I was a little kid in a children's home. But i have done that as an adult when I was struggling, right? So I changed that pathway. And what I do is we reinstall the belief that's real and how it should have been or could have been and what that person wants to see, okay? So for example, with my brother, obviously I had to create a detachment, which was very hard. But what i done was I created him. He became like the hero of my journey. So I imagined him giving me his cape, his superhero cape, and putting it around me and I tied it on and I became the person he wanted me to be because I I was basically living his life, I wasn't living my life. Okay, that's an example of myself, okay? So now when I think of my brother, I think of good stuff. I think of the good memories, I think of like stuff we've been playing, laughing, I can hear that it's, it's good stuff, whereas before it was horrible, horrible stuff, yeah? So with my clients, that's exactly what I do. So we talk about changing mindsets, we can change mindset what i do is a little bit different because i'm actually working with the science of the brain in a slightly different way but am i working with mindset yes but it's a slightly different way because if it's trauma induced it means we have to really find the little bits of the trauma the roots of it put it into a picture and then reframe that picture basically yeah can i ask
1: like on all the sort of techniques that you know that help people with trauma so I would use timeline therapy and dissecting a memory, and eye integration. So where do those? They're all kind of from NLP um, because that's the type of coaching that I've learned and what I implement. Yeah. Um, so where do they kind of rank? Do you think in terms of effectiveness yeah. you know, with other stuff that you
0: kind of learn? Um, okay, that's a really really good question. And the thing is, everything's extremely effective dependent on the person that's in front of you because we have to be adaptable with the client okay we have to be amenable sorry we have to be adaptable and understand how to switch between different techniques while we're in the coach mode and that's what makes you a great coach okay and the client will know or the individual will know that this person, they won't know it's you're a great coach. They, they will know that this person has got something different. They've got something that I need, and I need it, and I need it from them. That's basically what happens. And that's such a beautiful thing, because if you know you've got that, I'm gonna come back to your question, but if you know you've got that ability, that means you can help change lives, but they're, they're the ones taking the action to change their lives, but you're guiding them. And that's a beautiful thing, you know? So I'll bring it back to what you just asked me. So. Every different technique has its place. Okay, everything has its place. So I combine the stuff that you just mentioned. I I include it with when you do PTSD studying. The the history taking is very important. But what I do, which combines it with the EMDR, which is what I'm um, you know I'll be qualified in soon. But I'm using their techniques because I understand the techniques and it bloody works. But what I do is I capture the key um the key memories that are stemming from the trauma okay and the more the person talks because i've done conversational coaching when i was in the leadership thing i understand people's expression and language i'm able to coach just stop that even if they don't give me history because i can understand where they're coming from that takes practice right it takes practice so everything has its place for me i feel that emdr stuff that I'm gonna be doing I feel like that that is the most effective why do I think that because it's what I've been through for my therapy my A scores my first childhood experience score is nine out of 10 okay so for me to you know for me to say uh, it's only this it's not it's not one therapy because my therapist had to switch between stuff that you just mentioned to make my brain work in a different way so it depends on the person it depends on their their fear at that moment in time it depends on their support system you know when you go into coaching if if you and this can be coaching or therapy but we're coaches but no matter what you're going in even if you're doing a sports for the first time you need a community okay you guys have got a community i've got a community you need to have um professionals people that are qualified but also people that understand your experience which you guys do for your community which i have for my community right but then you need to take stuff to the next level okay you need to think okay what's current and out there at the moment do i need to study it how do i integrate that into my coaching system you need need to always be one step ahead you need to understand what writers are out there, what doctors are out there, depending on what you're doing, yeah? So if you're doing mindset, for example, you want to know, okay, who are the top mindset coaches out there? Writers, what are they talking about, yeah? Because that's the subject areas where you then need to look at. So someone that's going to pick a coach, whether it's for trauma, whether it's for mindset and courage, what, you know, the other, all the other stuff that you're, you guys are doing, they're going to research the crap out of everything first, right? Because they want to know, actually, this person is going to make a difference in my life. So I know if someone researches me, I feel very comfortable and confident. I can answer any question they got and I know it can make a difference. At the same time, if I feel that that person needs therapy and I'm not the right person, I will have that conversation with them. And I'll say to them, but if you need me after the therapy, you come to me and I will empower the crap out of you. So yeah, it's, uh, it, it's just, you know, you, you've got to adapt to that individual. And I'm, I'm so lucky. The people I'm working with at the moment, incredible. People, different roles. Some are coaches, confidence. But the trauma is creating anxiety, and it's stopping things like their speech. And there's a a
1: person alive that doesn't go through some form of trauma that they kind of hold on to, that they attach to. Um, You know, obviously some are way more severe than others. Like, obviously, when you're sat in front of someone, you're looking for little bits of trauma that you can help heal. So that they can move forward. Um, uh, yeah, all, I'm saying they're attaching to That in their beliefs, in their you know what they felt was available for them, like you know all sorts of stuff um, comes out in fashion and stuff. Yeah, uh, I
0: definitely, I definitely agree. I think I always like you know you said looking for looking for the stuff. So, um everyone coaches in a different way what i always do is let, let them talk you probably do this so well. let them talk okay and how does this relate to the original question why are you here what's brought you here to me right now what is it so i always draw them back to actually why they're here because everyone can go off a tangent but when someone is talking this is something when i've done conversational coaching if someone talks to you okay a random person talks to you and they offer you information, you have to acknowledge that information. You have to acknowledge it. And I think that not from our co- recent coaching community from when I've done coaching before, before I started this journey, I make that very clear, that's the piece that was missing. <clears throat> People were saying stuff and it was not being touched on. That makes an individual feel worse. You know, It doesn't matter what you do for them coaching wise, they're gonna still walk away and yeah, they're just gonna feel crap. You know. So what you guys do, because I've seen your staff, um, and what I do, and I've loads of other people that we know in our coaching community, coaching community, um, which these people are gonna be guests on your show. So your audience needs to keep watching, right? So, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff, it's like everything matters, nothing is trivial, and everyone has the ability to rewire the brain in a way that brings, allows them to step into their, their confidence, their self-control, and their inner freedom, and whatever pillars that you guys have that represent your business, and any other coach, everyone's got that possibility to do that. What needs to happen is they need to make a decision to do it. That's the only thing they need to do because we coaches around the world, us here now, we are those people that can enable that. Okay. And it's all down to you know, our personal journey, our qualifications, it's not qualification, but actually using that in a way that works. So everything comes together all connected at the end of the day right so i think we need to have a little sound thing that does a lion's roar after like yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so
1: yeah um
0: yeah so adam have you got a question for Karina? you've got to have one adam i'm, I'm expecting questions from you i am
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh pressure the pressure's on right, so when you have the the shit days, how do you get yourself out of that? What do you tell yourself? What do you do?
0: Okay, the first thing I do is I allow myself to feel what I'm feeling, okay? I I don't stop it. I don't do something straight away. I allow myself to feel how I feel. And then I allow myself to be emotional because I've never done that before actually cry if I need to cry because before I just got up and carried on that's the first thing another thing it's not in order but another thing is reaching out okay so I've got a little system where it's you know if, if we're not okay we send a purple heart to our friend okay and we all all know that actually that purple heart means I'm not okay I'm in a state where I don't really want to talk but I want to reach out and I just want you to know that I'm not being I'm not okay in this moment in time okay It's an emoji. It's easy to do. That's the other thing. It depends on the level. If I'm really bad, that's what I do. And then someone will call or check in with me. Now, I know techniques because of the stuff that I've done that will actually calm my nervous system. And I do those techniques to calm myself and not try and fix the problem. All I need to do is calm myself, keep myself present. I've got a habit of just looking at my hand and it's like, I'm here, I'm present, I'm here right now. It's the easiest, quickest thing I can do. And then I get up. You go and go ahead, Jason. I was gonna say I like that. that, that yeah, that
1: idea. Of the
0: yeah, you just just look at something. So because if I'm sometimes it happens when I'm walking out. You know, it might be at the house and then might be triggered, and I just suddenly feel this like dark clouds come over me. And I'm just like, it's okay. You're fine. Everything's fine. You're not in danger right now. i so wired to prepare for danger that you know. That must, bend,
1: that must stem from your emotional
0: intelligence training as well. Right? So, that's, that's a huge part of it. That's a huge part of it. Yeah.
1: Learning to kind of process externally, if you know what I mean. Yeah, not internally, the, not taking it out of yeah. What's going on, if you know what I mean, and analyze how you are in yourself right in this moment. Absolutely. Notice Absolutely. what you notice, uh, feel what you feel. That's why I love when
0: you said, I just. Feel. Yeah, yeah, it's so important. Okay. I've, I've, I've um, sorry, go ahead, say that again.
1: I just, yeah, I was gonna say, you, you don't try and stop it, you don't suppress it, you don't want to kind of stir the hard yourself or create yeah. trauma, right? So, it's kind of to notice what you notice and you know that it's okay to feel any emotion in any moment that you
0: need to feel. Absolutely, that's such an important thing, and I, I've looked at a lot of stuff on some of your journey, Jason, as well. and. I've seen that involvement. I've seen you evolve. I don't know how to use the word. I don't know you, but I've seen that happen. And it's such a great thing. But we all, I'm conscious of the time, we need to, what's important, we don't need to do anything. What we, what's important is take your time and recognize there's a lot of stuff out there. When you wake up, you have to do this, you have to do it. No, you don't have to do any of that. You have to do what's right for you. But knowing these techniques and these things that you can do, they all have their place, exercising, meditation, everything has its place, but you don't have to follow someone else's rules. But what's important is you have those things in place. If you need those tools, those techniques, you use them. Okay. You keep calm. You keep centered. Cause you're freaking amazing. That's what I always say to us. I'm like, you're amazing. Like, look where you are. Everything's fine. There is no danger right now. And I'll do the calming techniques do a body scan so your audience you need to release that to the audience at some point where you take your time you close your eyes and you think okay i've got this digital sand a scan like i'm a robot it's going to start from the top of my head and it gradually goes down do i feel anything in my head is there anything uncomfortable actually my brain's hurting okay let's look at that is there a shape or color to that yeah it's a dark cloud okay or do you want it to be bloody rainbow okay let's shift that just take your time Let's imagine that relate releasing upwards and outwards and out of you. Okay, let's go back down to. Do you know what I mean? So, the body scan is really important. Anyone can do that. Like, I think that, that's a great thing for kids to have. I think something like that is great for kids to have. <clears throat> so, if there's any parents out there, maybe try it. Um, but maybe you've got to do it. It's very visual and it's an easy process for them to understand, right? Exactly. So, exactly. And they're less like, you know, kids are less likely to want to engage in bullying and want to engage in this horrible stuff, you know, just to make themselves feel a bit better. Because that's what everyone else is telling. Actually, you're in control of you. You're the master of your universe, right? Kids, you know, you, it's a different language that you need to use, but we bring it back to the adults. So if you guys can put something on, on you know, that, that explains the body scan, that'd be amazing because I think your audience would be great for what you guys do. It's amazing. Um, so it's little things like that. So hopefully I've answered your question, Adam. Um, so yeah, it's just a matter of, take take my time, feel what I'm feeling, reach out. You're not alone, there's a community of people out there. Just reach out to a friend, I'm not okay. It's okay to say you're not okay, you know? Don't have to worry about it. The last thing I would want is to hear that someone's done A, B or C to themselves because they couldn't reach out, which is something that I've done. And I saw that this, <laughs> despair on my friends faces and I was just thought damn like all I needed to do was reach out but I couldn't actually you can I can now we all can just send an emoji unhappy face people will be like are you alright what's happened like that will make you laugh and change the energy straight away (laughs) you know get up and move go to a different room get ice cream in the morning like just do something different it's your life you do what you want yeah I'm a bit naughty like that but yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Yeah, I would say change your physiology. Like, that's the easiest thing to change in the triangle. You know, you've got your thoughts, you know, images that are creating the thoughts, you know, and physiology. All of that affects your state and how you're being in any any one moment. Yeah. So, the easiest thing to change is, you know, you can't feel depressed when you're doing star jump you can't feel depressed when you're, you know, running as fast as you can from one side of your house to the other, like yeah, you know, just to change your physiology. Like, right, well, notice how you're sitting, and how you're when you're in that kind of, you know, unhappy. Like, state, yeah, state, yeah. Just notice how your body is change,
0: alter it and, exactly, and exactly immediately for your mental state. Exactly, because basically everything you said there certain chemicals are released in the brain when certain things are happening in the brain okay when you get up and move which you refer to as change of physiology it changes the chemical okay and that's why i'm so interested and that's why i work with stuff to do with the brain because i understand that stuff and i it makes sense to me but that's because i'm super logical which my therapist is trying to like knock out of me like use your heart don't be logical i like being logical um but yeah it's, it's that stuff it's just about changing you know you ne- no one ever needs to feel they're not enough. You're like they're so shit. All, all this negative stuff. We do feel it because we're human beings. But the reason why we, we can change it, and why we don't need to feel, is because with with there's logic behind the chemicals in the brain. So if you get up, if you get up and do a jog yeah? or if you just like look in the mirror and say I'm I'm amazing, just look, just, just be silly. It will make you laugh and it it will change your physiology. Yes, you might still feel depressed, and yet that's okay. Then you do the next step of talking to someone, reaching out to a community, join your community, join my community. Do you know what I mean? It's like you just do something because you're not alone. That's the important message. Yeah. My my motto is I make you stronger. <clears throat> I make me stronger. That's my motto. Because every day I make me stronger. And I say that to everyone. Else. I don't even know where that came from, but it's everywhere on my Facebook. Stuff. I love that. But I, I love that. that. I'm really behind
1: that movement as well. It's like you know, Thank you God. have the power, of, power of choice, right? And, yes. Um, yes. And how that can change someone's whole outlook on life. And Definitely. That Definitely. internal locus yes. of control,
0: rather than external forces controlling everything that you think about and do. Yeah, exactly. So I'll just leave with with another thought. You know, when you're not okay, and you needing to change bit touching down what adam asked you know remember it just it's okay to say to yourself you know what these feelings have served their purpose okay and i'm grateful that you served your purpose in the moments that i needed you but i need to let you go just saying that is very powerful and that helps release the anxiety because you're telling your your brain it's okay that you feel like this there's nothing wrong with it the
1: acknowledgement
0: right like the absolutely acknowledgement. That's, yeah, giving yourself permission that is part of you
1: that you just don't need right now like you know exactly. not that, that that you know it's not important it's just
0: that it's not needed right now it's exactly right now exactly and we all need to have that element of fear we all need we need to have certain things in our life because it keeps us safe from danger okay it's when it starts taking over and there's an imbalance and it's like okay i need to look at this whatever it may be yeah i need to have a look at this what's happening so so yeah Adam, that was a very long
1: answer last... <laughs> we want to give you a chance to kind of advertise yourself on this podcast if anyone wants to work with you reach out to you get help from you like your specialist help as well like if anyone's suffering really bad with trauma, i yeah. think green is your go-to person thank much. you
0: yeah so just reach out to me i think you put the link and stuff I work very, I've got a very calm temperament. That's, that's the thing that's, yeah, a bit different for one. But you will walk away feeling empowered. But what's really important is the trauma will be released, not just released for good. And I can say for good, because that's how the brain works when you rewire it. That's why I, I'm comfortable saying that. You can never say something's a 100%. I never say that. But we can move remove those particular things that you come and say actually this this and this is affecting me we will remove it okay so you become desensitized so when you that thing comes up or someone says this or that to you you don't have that emotional connection to it you're like okay okay it makes me feel uneasy but i'm all right so just reach out um definitely subscribe to these guys as well i make me stronger movement it's something on facebook request to join it that's my community we're all one community at the end of the day we should all be in each other's stuff right because you learn new things every day right so so yeah so um i think you'll put the link for the website and stuff but yeah just reach out just have a chat it doesn't mean you need to do full-blown coaching have a chat with me yeah it might be something little that we could just have a chat and release you know
1: yeah and um thank you so much for coming on Um... Been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and learning about what you do in more detail. Um, and yeah, we'd love to have you on again at some point, um, maybe in a few months' time. Um, and we'll talk some more. Um, Sounds good, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, so thank you very much. Um, thank and you. Let's draw on that courage, build that confidence, and let's get back your role. Thank you very much. <laughs> I
0: had to do that. <laughs> yeah. See you later. Bye. Thank you. Recording stop.